0: This is Cup of Stars, a podcast about finding your inner child, learning to be your own mother, and self-healing. All the people that voted against ending daylight savings time in Oklahoma are idiots. That's my random fact for today. The time change, especially this one that happens in the winter, messes with me so bad and i think it does most people the fact that it gets dark at like four o'clock is terrible i and i feel like the first couple of weeks every time it gets dark this early i deal with this depression and i don't think that that's an unusual thing i just feel off because i just i just do it's too early to get dark and it's depressing And today, I'm going to read to you a piece that I started writing uh, quite a while ago, and I haven't added anything else to it yet. However, I have been doing a little research on it, and one of the reasons I wanted to start this podcast was to talk about my Korean heritage and start kind of documenting the things that I discover or things that, um, you know, I'm just kind of my journey through trying to connect to the fact that I am Korean. I think that for so many people that are mixed, it's such a complicated thing because you For a lot of us, we don't feel necessarily like we belong to one group or the other. So I'm going to read to you this piece that I started writing in early October because I think it kind of encompasses everything that I want to do and want to learn. So here we go. A tiny emoji on my Instagram bio. It's such a small thing to place the Korean flag there underneath my name, but it still makes me feel like an imposter. Can I even call myself Korean if I only know a few phrases and can cook a decent meal of bulgogi? What is it about my identity that makes me Korean besides my DNA? When I read books on Korean history, whether non-fiction or fictional accounts, I feel a pull. I wonder what my mother's side of the family was doing at the time those stories were happening. I wonder what parallels can be drawn. When my grandmother turned 100, one of our local news stations came to the nursing home where she lived to record a segment on her. Their angle, a different view on North Korea, not just the one that includes mass weapons of mass destruction. I kid you not, the opening for this segment starts with exactly that. The Blonde Acre woman saying, Oh, I tell you, their nuclear capabilities causing concern across Asia and across the world. The only cookie I'll give her is that she said Asia and not the United States. Even with its faults, including the fact that my mother was wearing a red top that was see-through and a white bra underneath, I'm so grateful that this new segment exists. When I realized that it probably had some valuable information in its report, I dragged it from the depths of the station's internet archives and watched it again. There she is in the spring of 2013, just eight months before her death, my hominy. She's dressed in a traditional hanbok. It's simple and my favorite shade of pale pink. The other residents in the home where she lives gather around her along with some of the staff to sing happy birthday to her. I laughed when I saw the birthday cake in the video. My sister and I went to Sam's club to pick up the birthday cake. A moment of pride for me because I paid for it with our EBT card, probably not something the government would approve of, but it was the only way I had to contribute to the celebrations financially. We laughed when they brought it out, thinking that the two zeros and the number 100 strongly resembled, well, boobs. By this point in time, we were estranged from our brother, his choice, so when my sister could make the trip to attend family gatherings and help, we developed this mentality of it's us against everyone else. When I watch the video, I can see it in the brief moments when they show our faces. She leans over and whispers something to me and I laugh. I revisited my grandparents' gravesite in May 2019. It was the first time since my grandmother had passed nearly five years earlier. While there, I took a picture of my with my phone of their marker so I could have their birthdays and wedding date in my possession. I hadn't remembered them being buried near the little pond at the cemetery and thought that my grandmother would be glad she was buried somewhere that had a view. The local news report and re her obituary filled in more dates for me and even a couple of locations. In Hee Kim, my grandmother, was born in Jinju, South Korea to Sung Yeap Tae and Suk Sa An. Those are their names, my great-grandparents. My grandfather, Kisuk Kim, was arrested by the Japanese in 1943 for preaching Christianity. I'd always known that he spent time in prison, but never knew the year. The details have always been hazy. My mother always had shame connected to being Korean, although she would never admit it out loud. Much of her life was spent conforming to Western society, ideology, and way of life. When I was younger, she barely had an accent, although that's become more pronounced with age. Being Korean was full of contradictions in my childhood. My mother, grandmother, and aunt all spoke Korean, but I wasn't taught the language. The large majority of time when I was asked, when I asked them to translate what my grandmother had said, my aunt and mother would wave their hands at me to indica- indicate it wasn't important. I often joke that the only thing I was taught about Korea was food since it is so crucial. My grandparents attended a Korean Nazarene church, and anytime we would attend a service, A full meal was served afterwards. The congregation did this every Sunday, the women of the church in the kitchen bending over their gigantic mixing bowls on the floor while they marinated meat and chopped vegetables. While being taught next to nothing about Korea, I would also be scolded if I didn't know a certain detail or even said a Korean word with my slight Oklahoma accent. I once said Taekwondo, and my mother corrected me, don't say it like a white person. But she was raising me as a white person. In high school, I mentioned being half Korean to a friend and an odd look crossed her face. I don't even see you that way. That was just one of the many times when I'd been embarrassed that I wasn't more obvious about my heritage. My grandmother is gone. My aunt is gone, losing her battle to cancer in April of 2019. My mother and I have no relationship now and haven't for over five years. So when it comes to exploring the Korean parts of me, I'm stumbling around in the dark of my own. I have no idea where to begin and I have no idea where I will end up. Before I began writing, I wrote a list of goals, and they're simple. Somehow getting my hands on the book that my grandmother wrote of her life and getting it translated feels as impossible as getting to South Korea. Until one of those lofty goals can happen, I'll do what I want. I'll do... I'll do... Sorry, guys. I haven't reread this since I wrote it. Until one of those lofty goals can happen, I'll do what we all do when we want to learn something. I'll read and research, but where do I begin? So this whole venture started this year when I, uh, at first unintentionally, but then very intentionally, started reading accounts of Korean history. And some of them were fictional, some of them were not. And I was really thinking about where my family was during the, the, the time that Japan occupied Korea. I know that my mother was a kid then, and I know that she has memories, but she never shared them with me. I don't know if it was too painful. That's probably my guess is that it was something she just wanted to forget because I know it was extremely difficult. But I, I can't help but read these things and wonder what was going on with my family during that time. And it's really difficult because I, I have no idea. Uh, like I said in in what I wrote, I have a few dates, but I don't really know much beyond that and that's really been a struggle for me and it's made it really difficult for me to to try and do that research i'm i've been trying though um i did download a uh not download i did join a trial uh account with ancestry dna and it really didn't give me that much, unfortunately, and I wasn't really expecting it to either. It, um, I searched names, I searched my mother's name and my aunt's name, and I came up with some documents from their immigration papers. And from that, I was able to know dates that my grandmother and my aunt immigrated here to America. But after that, I was brought to a dead end, and it was so weird seeing my mom's handwriting on those that it hasn't changed in all these years. And so right now I feel like I'm kind of at a standstill. I have, still yet, I have an uncle, and I have two cousins that live in Seoul, South Korea. And I would love to figure out a way to contact them I mentioned in what I wrote that my grandmother wrote a book she wrote a book about her life and I can see it in my head I don't remember what the cover looks like or anything but I remember it was a small journal that she wrote in with tiny perfect handwriting and I I don't know where it is my cousins said that they have an idea of where it might be I haven't heard anything back Um, and I my concern is that if it's with my mother I may never see it and I'm so grateful that when my grandmother passed I helped to make a slideshow to show at her service and so I have I do have some pictures saved from their time in Korea and I'm so grateful for those um, to be able to look at them and and feel a connection there So I'm at a point right now where it's, do I keep trying to move forward to discover more about my family's heritage? Or obviously an option would just be to learn about Korean history in general. And I have general dates now and years when some things happen in our family, so I can connect the dots that way. But, you know, ultimately I would love to know the details. I know that my grandmother, put at the time her three kids in a fishing boat and crossed into south korea across a river i am unclear on the date that that happened i'm unclear as to whether the war was happening then yet i i have no idea because when when korea split into two countries the north was taken by russia and the united states got the south and for a while the people in the north were really prospering because russia was funneling money into north korea and so people wanted to be in north korea so there were people in the beginning that actually crossed you know immigrated from south korea or a lot of them from japan where they were living into north korea but then once russia stopped Putting money into North Korea that's when things got desperate and the way that they are right now so I don't know when my grandmother crossed if that was after all that happened I have no idea I don't know um, the memories that my mom would have about it other than she said in that video that the the news channel did on my grandmother that she and her brother took turns throwing up, and so I'm not I she must remember some of it. I have this list of goals that I want to um to achieve while researching my heritage. And I'm gonna read them to you really quick. Get my hands on Halmany's book, Halmania is grandmother in Korean. So I want to get my hands on her book, have it translated, establish contact with my family in Korea. Find out exact dates of major events. When did Hominy cross in the fishing boat? When was Hataabajee that's grandfather in Korean? When was he imprisoned? Gain a better understanding of Korean history. Do my best to learn the language. I've been working on that with an app on my phone. I tried um I tried duolingo lingo, but that was just teaching me the phonetics of reading, which I already know a lot of. I know, um, so Korean writing is really like a puzzle and you just put the sounds together. So if you hand me something in Korean, I can read it to you, but I don't know what it means. So I started um, using this different app called Drops that just gives you five minute lessons every day. And it's been pretty helpful because it teaches me, it doesn't concern itself with learning to read the language, but just with learning words. So that's been great. Retest my DNA with another company. Corey and I had our DNA tested a couple years ago and the company that we used didn't, for some reason, didn't have markers to specify for Korea. So mine says that I'm 49% Japanese, which I know isn't true. Although those are around the same area, but I would just like to retest it with a different company to see what kind of results I get. Uh, Go to see Korea in person my history in person I this is one that um, this is where the episode about being fearless would come in I think about traveling to another country and I immediately get anxious and I'm sure it's that way for most people also I think about going to Korea and experiencing the way it is now and obviously it's not anywhere near how it was when the large majority of my family still lived there, but I'll be able to see places. How amazing would it be to be able to see the the place where my grandmother was born or I a couple of the books I read this last year were about henyos and I've become obsessed with henyos. So henyos are these badass women who free dive to gather fish and sea life and seaweed and things like that. Anything that's in the bottom of the ocean or hiding in the rocks of the ocean. And they gather those to feed to their family, but also to sell, to support their families. And I loved the story so much because it's, the roles are very opposite. So Korean women are usually expected to be tiny and quiet and On Jeju Island, things are flip-flopped, though. The men usually stay home to take care of the babies, and the henyos, the women, dive to support the families. At least that's how it used to be. Uh, Fortunately, henyos is becoming a dying tradition and a dying art now, since there aren't very many women left that do it. And it used to be that women would retire from diving, from being henyos, when they were in their 50s but now almost all of them are older than 50 because they're desperate to not let the art die and it's a difficult thing because they they have daughters that they hope and pray are going to want to be henyos but with the entire world in front of them it's more difficult now to to entice young women to adhere to that kind of life and stay on Jeju Island forever but with my love of these Henio stories, I would love so, so much to go to Jeju Island, and they have a Hinyo museum there, and you can still, and I know that the Hinyu the that still dive there probably despise the tourists that come and stare at them, but I desperately want to be one of those tourists. <laughs> and... There are just so many things that I I want to do if I do ever get to go there. And so that's definitely a goal. And uh, I'm not sure when it'll happen. Unfortunately, I, I complain sometimes about hot air travel is still something that's so unaffordable for the masses. It's just it costs so much money. And I feel like everything else has kind of, not everything else, but a lot of other things have kind of leveled out when it comes to you know how much people make now and how much things cost but air travel is still just so unreachable for so many of us but it's a goal it's a goal to get there someday and I don't know if I have much else to share today that's kind of I didn't have a specific plan today so I wanted to read that because like I said at the top I I um documenting and talking about this Korean history is part of why I wanted to start this podcast, uh, to have an oral history of what I discovered. And unfortunately, I don't really have much of that right now. And I'm kind of at a standstill, but I'm determined to not give up. I think that at this point, what I'm going to try to do is read more books on Korean history, do more research, and now that I at least have years for a couple of events, I can, you know, kind of place my family in that way. And I, yeah, try to somehow connect with my family in Korea. I had this idea in my head for a moment I love watching documentaries and forgive me I talked about when I before I started the podcast I started recording by recording a couple of YouTube videos and I think that I've talked about I said almost these exact words on a lot of these on these videos because that was my main reason for starting the YouTube channel also but I realized that I don't like to look at my face while I'm talking (laughs) and so podcasting is a better format for me but I um definitely don't remember what i was saying <laughs> i um you know anyway it's just connecting to who i am you know feeling the courage when people say oh are you korean mean i my default answer is always well yeah but only half i want to start saying yes i am i am korean and one of my favorite that have happened in regards to being Korean is they're the little town that we live next to to and where we do um, almost everything is Guthrie, Oklahoma. It's a wonderful little town and there's a donut shop there that at the time anyway they've changed owners a few times since then but at the time anyway the owner was Korean and I walked in and One thing you have to understand about Guthrie is that there aren't very many Asian people in town. It's pretty funny because it's kind of stereotypical, you know, the Asian people own the Chinese restaurant, uh, the two of them in town, and, you know, I'm sure there are more than that, but you just don't see them very much, and so when I walked in, this Korean man who owned the donut shop zeroed in on me, and he asked me, he said, are you Korean, and I did my thing where I said, yeah, but only half. And he said, I knew it. And he got so excited. And he said, I knew you were Korean. As soon as you walked in, I said, she's Korean. And I got free donuts. (laughs) He did not charge me for my donuts that morning. And that's just one of my favorite stories. And it's so, I have situations like that, but then I also have situations where when I was working retail, once this woman came in wearing a shirt for a Korean school in Oklahoma City that does do Korean lessons, and I pointed out her shirt, and I said, oh, I'm Korean, and I've really been wanting to take lessons, and she said, really? And I was like, yeah. Like, she didn't believe that I was Korean, and which is weird to me, because I don't, I feel like out of I feel like most people can look at me and tell that I'm something, <laughs> that I'm mixed, and there are some people that can hit it on the nose and know that I'm Korean. And I feel like I do have a lot of Korean features about me, and so when people are shocked by it, it kind of takes me a moment. And it's difficult because, I mean, it's such a double-edged short sword because, I want to be recognized as Korean, but still I feel like an imposter when I say, yeah, I'm a Korean and it has a lot to do with not knowing the language. So I'm working on that. I really am. And I've gotten to where I can cook a couple of Korean dishes pretty well. And so that was definitely a big goal for me, again, because food is such an integral part of the culture in Korea. And. Yeah, I don't know, guys. I think that might be all I have to share today. If anyone has advice on how to do more research, I would love that. I know there are other ways to do it. Where the stumbling block comes from is things that are going to cost a lot of money. or There's going to be a little bit of a roadblock there. Not a huge one because, you know, we're not poor by any means, but we do budget. And I say we. My husband, Corey is magic with money and he takes care of it all and thank God because it causes me just so much stress and it's something that I'm eternally forever ever ever grateful for but you know anything that costs money does require some planning which is fine but if I have if I know those things then I can move forward and at least feel like I'm making some progress so I'm going to keep reading our Korean history for now. I'm going to keep using that Drops app as many days as I can remember. It's not every day, but as many days as I can possibly remember to try and get those words into my head. So I'll update on my adventure for this occasionally when I find out anything new. And I hope you all had a really wonderful Halloween. Ours was great. My kids are big enough now that while we were out trick-or-treating, they saw a group of their friends and ran off with them. And I had the rest of the evening to just spend with a dear friend of mine and trick-or-treat with her little kids. And it, it was great. It was relaxing. And Halloween used to be this big, giant, stressful thing. But with the kids getting bigger, it's less stressful now. And I can enjoy it again. And I'm so glad. And... November is here and all of our big commitments are gone and I feel like I can finally take a big deep breath and relax and I hope you guys can too. I'll see ya.